You are listening to Defining Moments Podcast. This is episode number 14 with Matt Pinnell. I am so excited about this podcast. Matt lets you in on his personal life, what his intentions are as lieutenant governor, what his children and his wife mean to him, his journey as a young estate Republican Party chairman, what was it like shaking Vice President Pence's hand as well as President Trump's hand, Matt's enthusiasm for life, country, state, community, and giving back is something extra special. Hi, everyone. My name is Wong Lamb. I am super honored to be your host of Defining Moments Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Each podcast, I bring on a family member, a colleague, a friend, a guest that has submitted their defining moment and has agreed to come onto the podcast to share it. A defining moment is a moment that either you define or you let the moment define you. We go through many of them in life. Perhaps your moment was a struggle that led you to your moment of greatness or led you to contribute to society the way that you do. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. once said, everybody can be great because anybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subject and verb agree to serve. You only need a heart full of grace, a soul generated by love. How does Matt Pennell serve? What kind of influence did his parents and grandparents have on him as he was growing up? How does Matt Pennell start his morning? Why is Matt all about entrepreneurship? What does Matt mean, make no little plans here? He's from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Graduate of Oral Roberts University, entrepreneur, father of four, husband. He has so much positive flow and energy, and he is running to be the next lieutenant governor of Oklahoma. This episode is brought to you by Margie Lamb, health coach and founder of Healthy and Hustlin'. Are you fed up with the dieting and a seemingly contradictory health advice out there? Do you want to feel great in your body and accomplish your goals in a way that's empowering and not overwhelming? For me, the answer was an easy yes. Five years ago, I was pushing 200 pounds. I worked out twice a day and counted my calories. I didn't really see a movement on the scale nor my body type. So I decided to check my ego and call up a health coach. Margie, as a certified integrative nutrition health coach, works with each client as a guide and mentor to build a healthy, sustainable lifestyle that will help you reach your health goals. She offers free one-hour initial consultations. To learn more, visit her website, www.healthyandhustlin.com. That's www.healthyandhustlin, spelled H-U-S-T-L-I-N.com. Have you ever scrambled with thoughts on how you were going to entertain your guest at your big event or a big event that you were hosting? Why not treat your amazing guest with live music? Allow me to personally recommend to you a saxophonist that's guaranteed to bring his best every time he performs. Verl Tolbert is his name. His bilanguage, his enthusiasm, his smile will tell you his story. Verl played at my wedding and he was also a guest on this podcast episode number four. A natural entertainer and talented musician, Verl T, the perfect choice for all events and special occasions, playing smooth jazz, R&B, neo-soul, blues, pop, and gospel music are his passion. Saxophonist Verl Tolbert is from Tulsa, Oklahoma, and has been playing saxophone for over 15 years. Verl grew up in the church and played in various jazz bands, which is where he had an opportunity to perform and learn the craft. Verl T plays alto, soprano saxophone, electric wind instrument, also known as the iwi, with a heavy dose of soul. Allow Verl T to help make your event something super special. For booking information, navigate to verlt.com. That's Verl spelled V-E-A-R-L, the letter T, dot com. Today's special guest is Matt Pinnell. Matt, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you. It's great to be here. Oh, man, I am super honored. I've been looking forward to this day. Actually, what I thought about was when I first reached out to you on Twitter, probably a good six months ago, and you wrote back a simple, hey, we'll be in touch. And I was like, man, at least he replied to me, right? And <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, sure. well, this is this is going to be all right. Yeah, we're, we're Twitter fans. Yeah. Yeah, Instagram, yeah. Twitter fans, yeah. 
That's right. And you're running for lieutenant governor. I am. Yeah. 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 Running for lieutenant governor. We've we've been now running. The the crazy thing mm. uh, is, is is we've been we've now been running for about a year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we we knew this was what we wanted to do. We knew yeah. we were uniquely qualified to do it, so we jumped yeah. into it. Yeah. So was there a time when I think I read somewhere where you weren't going to run for public office and then now you are running. Yeah. You know, I've spent my career, you know, we're small business owners now, my wife and I mm-hmm. in the Tulsa area, which we can talk about. But, yeah. you know, I, my political background, I've been behind the curtain, you know, running yeah. people's campaigns right. uh, all over the state and then all over the country. You know, the last four years, the 2014, 2016 cycles, I was the national state party director for the RNC. So right. I was Reince's right-hand guy is the, yeah. the long and short of it. So he'd send me into states to, to fix state parties. Yeah. And I would go into these states and we'd sit around boardroom tables. We'd have to get a lot of different you know, uh, people together from diverse backgrounds. A lot of them didn't get along. Right. And it was my job you know, as Mr. Fix-It for the RNC to fix it. Yeah. And we did a pretty good job of that. Yeah. Uh, but but I would also go around the country, and when I was doing that, I would also give a lot of speeches to yeah. co- state conventions or you know governor summits, and and because uh, I was kind of the ambassador, Reince's ambassador out there in the states, telling people this it, we're, it's going to work this time. We're actually yeah. going to elect a Republican president. Yeah. <laughs> and I would get up there, and and, and I'd. I'd say I'm Matt Pinnell. I'm from Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and there I dubbed it the Oklahoma snicker, right? Uh, because people there'd be one or two people that would snicker when they heard the <laughs> word Oklahoma, or they'd tell some dumb joke about yeah. Oklahoma, um, you know, teepees and tornadoes or, yeah. or what have you. And, and I got pretty offended by it. I mean, they were right. doing it in a, a half-joking way. Yeah. But the the overarching theme is that people would come up to me after I would get done speaking, mm. and they would you know they'd say, "Hey, tell me about this place that you call Oklahoma. You know, does it have <laughs> running water and tall buildings. And it told me a couple of very harsh realities about the state is that, you know, people were not coming here to spend their tourism dollars. Right. I mean, this is the crossroads of America. Yep. People were not getting off these roads and bridges and spending money, mm-hmm. sales tax dollars in these communities. Mm-hmm. And more importantly than that, if they were an employer, they were not yeah. looking to Oklahoma as yeah. someplace that they would want to relocate their, you know, 200 employees. Right. And so because of that, uh, you're right. I, 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 this was not part of the plan yeah. to run for office anytime soon. Right. Uh, but but this position really spoke to me. This, yeah. this lieutenant governor position. It, it it's the sales and marketing job. Yeah. In Oklahoma, I'm yeah. a sales and marketing guy, uh, and, and I really think we're we're we're, we're missing that component mm-hmm. in Oklahoma from a branding perspective. Right. You know, sales is everything. Right. We're in a global competition for talent. Right. And if if a state's not good at selling. Mm. Uh, then good luck in, right. in this kind of economy. Right. So you've been around the country. How do Oklahomans, as far as people, fare to different states? Yeah, I mean, it's one of to? our greatest assets is our people. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know it. The, right. the, those, those of us that live in the state, yeah. uh, you know, just uh, very compassionate uh, yeah. entrepreneurs, uh, volunteerism. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, this state is packed full of people that care. Yeah. I mean, they'll give you the shirt off their own back, mm-hmm. uh, hardworking. Yeah. And we can really tap into that. I mean, we, yeah. we have some of the best people. Now, we've got to train them. Right. I mean, that, that's another big issue that we have in this state, but it's, it's, a, it's an issue across the country is we have a huge skills gap right. in this state and right. across the country, yeah. meaning we're graduating high school kids and college kids that don't have any skill set. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or we push people to a four-year university. They graduate with a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of debt, right. but no skill. Yeah. And so a lot of jobs in this state don't need a four-year degree. Right. You could go to one of our great career tech or Votech uh, yep. systems, become electrician, plumber, uh, digital manufacturing. I mean, I right. could go on and on on that side and yeah. make a very good living right. and help you know shrink a skills gap that we have. Right. Because employers can hire people in Oklahoma, right? But they can't do two things: they can't pass a drug test, right? Or, or they or they're not trained to do the job, right? And and that's what employers tell me every day that they there's just not enough skilled people uh, that have trade mm-hmm. crafts mm-hmm. Uh, that are able to fit the needs of the workforce. So that's something that has to change. The great right. thing is we have the best infrastructure in the country, yeah. our career tech and vote tech perspective, mm-hmm. and some of the best people, most right. honest people that you'd ever meet. Yeah, if we combine those things. Moving forward in this state, I think the sky's the limit. Yeah. And I love that. And I resonate with that really well. I remember reading a tweet just recently, a few weeks ago, somewhere in West Virginia, where they actually, you know, how they have those athletes that sign, they have all these cameras there and they're signing a letter of intent. 
Well, high school students were graduating, and they were signing with Votex. It's, it's a great I love that, idea. man. It was an yeah. awesome idea. Yeah. Right. It, it, we've got to do a better job of that. I mean, we, we, right. we got to, frankly, we need to be getting into middle schools mm-hmm. uh, and, and, mm-hmm. and showing kids uh, different, you know, doing the field trips. Field trips need to be to those manufacturing facilities. Right. Or, or hey, here's a path that you can go down mm-hmm. uh, because I think guidance counselors, when, when they get to high school, it's okay. What college do you want to go to? Right. Uh, and, and being able to tell them about career tech or Votech. Right. Um, and, and I think we're at a tipping point in this country as well on this mm-hmm. uh, if, because college has become somewhat unaffordable to yeah. a lot of kids. Yes. Uh, and the fact that I think career tech and Votech are doing a better job yeah. of, of promoting that there's other options for kids today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're going to have to do that because I think this is a changing economy as well. Right. And yeah. the economy is changing. And again, a lot of those degrees and a lot of those trades we can get outside of a four year university. Yeah. If now, you want to go to college, great. Our, our, we have some of the best universities in the country as well. Yeah. Oh, are you right? That's, that's right. <laughs> Proud golden Eagle right here. Yeah. Uh, but outside of, of, of those opportunities, there's a lot of other, uh, other opportunities as well for kids. I agree. And I love that. And I love the attitude. I coached, boys competitive soccer for over 14 years and which each group I always stress the importance of, you know, their parents are always like, man, you got to go to college and you got to get this four year degree or 10 year degree to be a doctor. And a lot of the kids get kind of stressed out. And so my advice is Votech skills job. Mm -hmm. Like you mentioned earlier, electricians, plumbers, Mm -hmm. HVAC, it's important. Robots aren't going to be able to do that, come in your house and do that. However, it brings me back to, Mike Rowe, the yeah, Mike oh, yeah. Rowe does dirty jobs. Yep. He he talks he, about the same thing. He's all over this. Yeah. He's, yeah, Mike's all over this. And again, that's why I think we're kind of at a tipping point is yep. that you have some national leaders yeah. talking about uh, the crisis. It's a yeah. real crisis that we yeah. have in the state. Um, Cliff from Cheers yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> also has a national organization where he's talking about this. So uh, those are good things. Uh, that, right. That's good that that's happening. But the lieutenant governor yeah. is the small business advocate on the governor's cabinet. Okay. So it, having a lieutenant, if they're the small business advocate, mm-hmm. they better be preaching this. Yeah. And the lieutenant governor can really be the glue there. Mm-hmm. I mean, running op-eds in every paper, giving speeches around the state, helping connect those dots. Mm-hmm. I think we has been some, something that's been lacking in Oklahoma. Right. We can turn things around pretty quick. I mean, right. I, I like to tell people, we don't have 28 million people like they do down in Texas. Yeah. We only have 4 million. Right. Now, I would like a few more taxpayers, yes. <laughs> but because of that, we can actually turn this ship around pretty quick. Right. Now I'm with you. My first question to you is, what are your morning habits? And I ask that because Oklahoma has 77 counties, 27 districts, small businesses, big businesses, public schools, colleges, JUCOs, Votex. You've been just about everywhere. You and your team. How do you do it? Because yeah. you got to have morning habits. Well, we yes, I, I do have morning habits. Um, and it's right. There's 77 counties in the state. It, yeah. it's, it's a big job to run statewide. Well, first off, I, you know, I always tell people, if doing what I do, uh, and certainly, you know, my wife and I both work, you know, we, and we run a small business. Yep. We're up early. Yeah. I, you know, if if I if I sleep in, I, I'm I'm hours behind. Right. Uh, I've got to have my quiet time. You know. So uh, I'm a strong uh, Christian and thank God I have Christ in my life. Right. And so you know, certainly quiet time. You know, starting off in the Word is something that I do. Yeah. Uh, every day. Uh, try to spend time with the kids mm-hmm. in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, but that morning routine includes getting kids to bus stops, yeah. feeding, you know, we've got four <laughs> kiddos, right. uh, in the Jinx public school system. Yeah. Uh, but if I don't have that time to get up before the kids are up, mm-hmm. th- then it, it's tough. It, yeah. it just makes the rest of the day fairly stressful. Right. Um, right. And so, you know, a lot of that, that morning routine is just getting up a few minutes early. Yeah. Uh, you know, going through Tulsa World and News and News OK, you know, yeah. some of the reading up on the news after I've been in the Word. Uh, that That's a lot of my morning routine. Right. Yeah. And right. coffee, lots of it. Yeah. <laughs> and I got to give a shout out to your campaign manager, Scott. I met up with him a couple of weeks ago and it was pouring down rain and it was cold. <laughs> and yet we met up and we talked for about an hour and a half. And what I was really in enthusiastic about him is he brought a a sense of positive energy yes. when we talked. I've never met him before until that day. That's great. And he asked me if I was mobile and I was like, no, I'm not. And so he's like, well, Matt, Matt, he'll come over. Yeah. He'll come over to your studio. Yeah. And then from that point on, I was like, this is awesome because yeah. now we're connected. Yeah. And then actually I went and got the stuff to go mobile next yeah. time. So 
Yeah, he, he Scott is great, uh, and you know we are a lean and mean operation. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know we we are spending money where we're building up our name ID. So Scott's mm. having to juggle. You know he's got ten balls in the air at all yeah. times. Yeah, thankfully you know we know that we're less than fifty days, and it's just kind of a sprint at this point. Yeah, um, but no, and we've worked together for for years and years as well. Mm. He used to run the Young Republicans right uh, in in the state. Um, and that's a huge passion of mine. I was the youngest state chairman in the country when I got elected in 2010 yeah. and, uh, getting that next generation involved mm. in politics, whether right. you're a Republican or Democrat or independent, yep. we better do it because mm-hmm. if not, then, uh, who, <laughs> whatever party you're a part of is going to die. Right. Right. And I'm sure I'm absolutely certain you have really high standards and most importantly of all, I feel like you have a lot of trust in your campaign manager yeah. and his doing and your belief with each other. And so I feel like that trust, without that trust, you can't reach that standard. What are your thoughts on that? No, that's right. You, you need, you've got to be able to delegate. Yeah. You've got to be able to delegate and may, and, and know that and have confidence that those things are going to get done. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, you gotta, you gotta be able to hire the right team. Right. You can't do it. You can't do it on your own. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm the one on the TV ad. Yeah. And yeah. The direct mail piece. And, yeah. and at the end of the day, buck stops with me, but yeah. y- you've got to have a team to be able to help carry it out. Absolutely. If you see any, anybody that's been elected, uh, they certainly don't do it on their own. Right. Right. I've seen a video of yours. It's about a three and a half minute video. And however, I felt like that summed it up for me to know enough, like this is the guy. And I've sent that video out to a few of my friends on both sides of the party. Yeah. And they had no idea which party you were. And they saw, I was like, man, this guy is legit. Yeah. He's a real deal. And that made me feel good and made me feel comfortable because I was like, man, he is a real deal. He's talking about small businesses, talking about skills gap, things that we need to do. You also talked about, we need to audit a lot, everything. Sure. Yeah, so can you elaborate well, on that? Well, we do. Yeah. Audit everything. I yeah. mean, that kind of that kind of says everything in two words. Right. You know, the debate that we're having in this state, revenue problem or a spending problem, it is mm-hmm. both. I mean, yes, we need more revenue. Of course we do. Yeah. Uh, we lost 21,000 oil and gas jobs in this state a few years ago. Right. Uh, and we're just not as diversified of an economy as we need to be. And that's something that the next governor and lieutenant governor are going to have to address. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but at the same time, I have to make sure that Oklahomans tax dollars are being spent wisely right. inside those agencies. Right. And there has been some af- above the fold headlines where they have not been spent mm-hmm. wisely. Well, we brought this upon ourselves you know, in a lot of ways because we don't do ret- routine audits mm-hmm. uh, on agencies and we don't line item budget. We don't make them line item budget. Right. You know, anybody that runs a small business has to do both of those things. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, they're balancing checkbooks every week. I know how I'm supposed to, how we have to perform as a business. Right. These agencies, they just come back to the legislature every year. Okay, well, we need a 15% increase from last year. Well, okay, why? J- justify it first off. Right. How are you spending the dollars? Right. Thankfully, and I'll give the legislature credit for this, they passed legislation a couple years ago. Mary Fallon signed it into law. Uh, to approve a that we are going to do routine audits on these agencies, and we're yeah. going to do it in an outside committee, by the way. Yeah. Uh, you know, the state auditor can and should do audits. Right. Uh, and, and hopefully whoever the next state auditor is, we're going to be having them do a lot of audits as well. Yeah. But the big agency audits, um, it, it, we've approved legislation to, to do that outside of, of the state auditor. Mm-hmm. I think it needs to be a little bit of both. Yeah. So, yeah, if I'm the next lieutenant governor, I assure you I'm going to bird dog that process. <laughs> And make sure that we're doing audits because like I've got to be able to stand up right. in front of anybody and say, guess what? You know, we've done 15 audits to date. Mm. These seven these seven agencies have been cut to the bone. Right. There's no mismanagement of funds. And actually, they need more money. Right. But these 10 over here, we have found mismanagement of dollars. Mm. They now know how to perform because we're doing performance. It's a performance audit. Right. Not just a normal. It's a performance audit. And by the way, we're going to make them line item budget again so we yeah. know where they're spending their dollars. Yeah. So I, I certainly hope to have a partner as governor in, in that process. But yeah. I will be talking about it and I'll make sure that it gets done. I love it, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Also, the very first phrase you opened up the uh, video with was you talked about your grandfather. Yeah. He worked as a salesman for the uh, Morton Salt Company, right. and they nicknamed Salty that's Cornell. Right. And yes. for the longest time, you—that's how you referred yeah. to him. You had no other. I, th- I thought that was his only name. Yeah, that, that's any—that's that, every—that's all anybody ever called him mm-hmm. his entire life. Yeah. Uh, he was Claude Pennell, yeah. uh, but but yeah, I went by Salty. He was a traveling salt salesman. Right. 
uh, great story, and I think I that's where I get a lot of my uh, sales yeah. uh, uh, in the bloodstream, so right. to speak. But yeah, I grew up in. He was a Springfield, Missouri boy. Yeah, and uh, it was a Morton salt salesman. Yeah, door to door salt salesman. Yeah, uh, and they called him. He was so good at his job, they called him salty. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, and you're like, well, I didn't know if I wanted that nickname. However, that that's a pretty legit nickname. Oh, it to is. be salty, yeah. right? Well, and his 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 wife, you know, my grandmother mm-hmm. uh, was very involved with the Republican women. Yeah, uh, and worked actually for um, a couple members there in Missouri. Right. So again, I I think I, I've got much more from my grandma and grandfather than yeah. I ever really realized. Right. One was a salesman. Uh, the other was uh, extremely passionate about politics. And so yeah. I, I got a little bit of, uh, a lot of them in me. Yeah. Speaking of passion, two words came out of that is drive and passion. You described your grandfather. Yeah. His drive and his passion. Yeah. 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 That's, that makes you, a lot of sense. You got to have it in politics. Right. I mean, to, to, to be on the, at this pace, to, mm-hmm. you know, you can't jump into this just when you file for office. You know, you file for office in April and the primaries in June. Well, that doesn't right. give you enough time to get out there. Um, I don't believe in candidates that buy elections either. Yeah. You know, just, oh, I'm just going to stroke a check and, mm-hmm. and, and try to buy this thing. Right. Uh, I'm currently not an elected official that, you know, has a free shot, so to speak, at running for an office because I'm right. midterm. You know, I, I, I think you got, if we, if we just elect people like that, you're just going to continue to play musical chairs with yeah. the same politicians. Right. And, and I firmly believe that voters want a few fresh faces yeah. down at the state capitol. Absolutely. And not the status quo. Yeah, I I feel I, as a voter, my registered voter myself, I have to do my homework on the ticket. Who's on the ticket? That's why right. are they on the ticket? That's right. So I think you've answered part of your why. So yeah. is there a bigger attachment to your why of running for lieutenant governor? You know, I was uniquely qualified to do the job, and I I, I keep coming back to that only because because I've run a lot of campaigns mm-hmm. over the years. I, I see candidates that are in it for the right reasons, and I see candidates that are in it not for the right reasons. Yes, and, and I'm not running to do something uh, that to change the job of lieutenant governor. I right. ran because I knew I would be good at that job because yeah. that's my background, right? And, and I knew that's where I could serve. Yeah, and so that was why it really spoke to me. I mean, mm. I yes, I love politics. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I feel like God gives you the desires of your heart, and and mm-hmm. and this has been a desire of my heart. Uh, but, but I was also uniquely qualified and positioned and uh, to do it, to mm-hmm. do the job of being lieutenant governor. You know, being yeah. the salesman for the state, right. to retaining and recruiting jobs, to be the small business advocate on the governor's cabinet. I said, well, gosh, I could do that. Right. Uh, and and because of that, that's that's why I continue to be passionate mm-hmm. about running mm-hmm. because I know I'm doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. I love that, man. Also, your your parents, you mentioned they're public servants themselves, yeah. right? Yeah, so my mom worked for the Department of Human Services. Okay. Uh, you know, she was a physical therapist. You know, she could have gone out in the private sector and made a lot of money right. being a physical therapist, but right. you know, she she um, she worked at DHS a lot of with physically handicapped kids, mm-hmm. uh, as well as adults. You know, wow. going in and retrofitting homes through DHS. It's amazing. Uh, and she's just a wonderful woman. My dad was an assistant U.S. attorney okay. downtown. Again, could have gone out in the private sector right. and, been, and been an attorney and made a whole lot more money than working for the government. Right. But he worked for the government. Yeah. Uh, and when was this assistant U.S. attorney his entire career. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they've always been involved in missions and, mm-hmm. and uh, very involved in their church, First United Methodist Church in downtown mm-hmm. Tulsa. Dad still yeah. sings in the choir down there. That's awesome, uh, man. So, yeah, I mean, I, I was blessed. No doubt about it. That's part of my testimony is I was, right. I was blessed with a good mom and dad. And they yeah. You know that that showed me that public service matters, mm-hmm. and and that's you know been fulfilling to see. Yeah, that's my. It's going to lead up to my next question. Actually, is being a public f- figure and a servant leader, a Christian, a father, you know, small business. Those are five separate things. However, I feel like you're able to combine those five things into Matt Pinnell. Yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> You know, it doesn't work if you're in silos or, you know, you're, yeah. you're, you're okay, I, I'm just a small business owner. If I'm just, a, if I think I'm just a small business owner, then obviously I'm going to, I'm going to lack in other ways, in other yeah. areas. You know, you got to have a good life partner. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. my wife is, is a rock star. Yeah. Uh, and, and so she keeps me grounded. She keeps our priorities. You know, we both, we work very well. We're both firstborn. Mm-hmm. And so it's two, <laughs> two type A personalities. Yeah. But we've made it work. Uh, we, we work off of each other really well. Uh, and certainly that, that is very helpful to, yes, I'm a, I'm a husband and father first, right. um, small business owner, Christ follower, but yeah, yeah it, it, it's all of it. Yeah. It, it's all of it together. And, and, 
you got to make sure you wake up every day and make sure those priorities are straight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Cause there's few, there's quite a few people that identify as this and then another set of identifies himself as a certain yeah. person. But like I said, you're five into one. I think that's awesome. Man. Yeah. I think this makes you more well-rounded. Yeah. That, well, that's right. You, you want candidates that are well-rounded and you yeah. want to be friends with people that are well-rounded too. Right. Right. Uh, and it took me time to get there. No doubt about it. You know, we, we both lived out in, well, when we both, when we got married, we moved to DC for a couple of years and it was a rat race. You know, we were just working, yeah, not really living much and having fun. Right. Um, and so it, it's, we've been married for 16 years now. Wow. So we, we've learned to, uh, learn how to get there. At one time you were the youngest uh, Republican chairman for the country. Yes. Yeah. How, that's a lot of pressure, man. Cause this was yeah. what about six, seven years? Yeah. Yeah. So 2010, yeah. 2012 election cycles, I was the, uh, the, the state Republican party chairman in Oklahoma and yeah, the youngest in the country. Yeah. 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 How was that though? I you mean, know, I loved it yeah. again, as I said, I, I, the, the party apparatus in Oklahoma trusted me. I mean, I was yeah. 28, 29 years old when I got elected. I'm 38 now. Right. Uh, but, but they trusted a kid in a lot of ways. I mean, I had run statewide campaigns, I had mm-hmm. raised money, and so they knew I could do the job. Right. But they still had to trust me. Yeah. Uh, but, and I was elected by a couple thousand, you know, Republican elected officials from around the state, you know, mm-hmm. county elected officials. And so we have a really good base around the state because of it. But yeah, I mean, I got in there and, and started rebuilding the young Republican and college Republican apparatus. Um, and because of that, we, we had a, an army of volunteers mm-hmm. uh, to, to help in campaigns that we hadn't in, yeah. in, a, in a long time. Yeah. Uh, and that's how I met Reince Priebus. I mean, I yeah. met Reince, I mean, Reince was the state chairman in Wisconsin when I was the state chairman in Oklahoma. Yeah. So that's where we became friends. And yeah. You know, God opened a couple doors there. Right. And you met the vice president and the president. Oh, yeah. Shook their hands. Absolutely. Amazing. Yeah. No, I, I, was in a lot of rooms with them uh, that 2016 cycle for sure. Yeah. yeah, how was it? You know, it was an experience unlike anything I'll probably ever experience again. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, Reince Priebus and Sean Spicer, a couple other of the guys that certainly were inside the West Wing for for a little while. Yeah, uh, but uh, I did a I emceed a number of events for Pence. Okay. Uh, in New Mexico. Yeah. Uh, was with uh, Trump in uh-huh. Philadelphia. Uh-huh. Um, a couple times. So, you know, my, because I was in all 50 states, I would be at different events with them. Emceed the whole darn thing in, in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico a couple wow. times. That was a hot state for us for a couple months. We thought New Mexico actually may, 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 may switch for us. And then obviously Philadelphia mm-hmm. uh, in, in uh, Pennsylvania was a huge swing state for us. And, right. and uh, Trump was there the last month quite a bit. So mm-hmm. I, was, I was at a number of meetings with him there. Uh, you know, the RNC meetings, Pence and Trump were, were at a lot of those as well. And I met a lot of the other candidates, uh, too. I mean, Rubio uh, in particular, uh, Cruz, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the other candidates that were there towards the end. Right. You know, and, until Indiana, when, yeah. when Trump really locked it down officially. Yeah. So I know all those guys real well. Yeah. What's the demeanor of Vice President Pence when you talk to him one Oh, he, he's the real deal. Uh, you know, he's uh, as calm and, and steady mm-hmm. as he looks on TV. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was wondering. Yeah, and I know a lot of his team, too, from his days when he was in Indiana. Yeah. Um, he, he's what Trump needs. You yeah. Know, tr- Trump uh, is, it's, I mean, as president, he's being pulled in 20 different directions. Right. Pence is kind of a, uh, can be a, a calming force there, mm-hmm. uh, inside that West wing. Yeah. It would, I think, it, I, it's, I think it still is the best decision that Trump made. Yeah. Uh, w- was, was picking him to be his VP. Yeah. It, it, he seems like the great offset for Correct. president Trump, yeah. what it appears to me. And so you met and talked with president Trump as well. I have. How's that? You know, I mean, he's the same guy one-on-one or in a round table as he is in front of, you know, 2,000, 3,000 people. Really? Yeah. And, and that's unique to, to uh, him uh, uh-huh. because, you know, I meet a lot of politicians. They're better one-on-one than they are yeah. in front of a crowd. Right. Um, they're better at raising money than, than, you know, doing something else in politics. Uh, Trump was, was good at all of those things. Mm-hmm. Something that we probably didn't really expect. I mean, we right. thought maybe he would be good in front of a crowd, yeah. a big crowd. Yeah. Uh, but, but he was very good one-on-one, very engaging, locks eyes. Um, uh, and maybe that's his business background. I'm not sure, mm-hmm. but we were, that, that was one of the things we were most impressed with. Yeah. It's because most of the events that I was with him at, it was a round table. He'd move from one room and we'd move him immediately into another room that was like the reception with like 200 people. And then we'd move him from that room yeah. into the rally. With like fifteen thousand people, right? And he just killed it in every one of them. Yeah, uh, and most candidates can't do that. 
Yeah, that's a pretty big, for me, it would be a huge transition. Yeah. For him, it sounds like it's probably just natural. Yeah, it, it, it was much more, na- it, it was very natural for yeah. him. Yes. When you talked about locking eyes with President Trump, is it is it intimidating? It, it was, yeah. yeah. You know, he's a tall guy, too. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, I mean, he... He uh, he commands a room. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he had a hundred percent name ID. Mm-hmm. Everybody in the country knew who Donald Trump was. Yeah, and so yeah. he could come out of nowhere. Right, and so he came already with a reputation. He came with, oh my gosh, this is Donald Trump. Yeah, unlike any of the other candidates. Uh, yeah, we we had some very we had wonderful candidates that, mm. that that ran in that race. Yeah, but when Trump came in, it was it was. <laughs> It, there was a different different feeling in the room. Yeah, uh, w- w- when that happened. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it's 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 probably similar to you know NBA. You know, it, there's a bunch of all stars. Yeah, you know, there's maybe it might be ten all stars that walk in, but then when LeBron James walks yeah. into the room, <laughs> you know, when LeBron walks in, it's just it just changes. Yeah, it just changes, and and that's what we that that is the feeling that we got because you know there were sixteen mm. Republican candidates, right, and they were all in you know. They, they, we were all in holding rooms before yeah. those debates, yeah. right? And big personalities, big names. I mean, they yeah. had you know a lot of money. Mm. Uh, they were powerful individuals, former right. rep- you know former senators and congressmen. But when Trump walked in, it, it just it was different. Okay, it, and, and there was just it was just different. It was okay. a different feeling, and I, I think that's a reason that he's president today. Yeah, going back to you being the youngest uh, elected chairman at the time. Obviously, I feel like your work set a precedence, and then your age was like, man, young younger Republicans can get this job done, right? And that's the feeling I get. Yeah, listening well, to your story and hearing you, we we hope that that yeah that mm-hmm. demonstrated that uh, the next generation it's they're not up to bat next, they're up to bat now, right? It, you know, right. let's not just pat pat them on the head and say, hey, ten years from now. We're going to let you be involved yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the party. Right. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. You know, millennials are forty percent of all eligible voters in the country now. Uh, generation Z, which is the generation that's even younger than millennials, mm. are going to be even having even more buying power, mm. as well as a, a larger voting block than than baby boomers and millennials. So that next generation, if they vote and right. if they get involved in the process, right, can be influential right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's something that I continue to preach to to that next generation of voters. We need you now. Yeah. Uh, if you, you can make decisions now, you can help elect new state reps and new, some new state senators, some people that are going to go down there, bring people together and fix some of these problems. Yeah. And I, I love the message, man. Your other message you talk about is make government smaller, mm-hmm. not a small government. You're going to make it smaller. How? What do you mean by that? Yeah, I mean that. A lot of that is is more efficient. Okay. You know, the the, the bigger the government, um, the the smaller you're going to shrink the private sector. Right. Uh, the the more money the government takes, mm-hmm. uh, the the less that's going to be circulating around in the economy. Right. And so I want to make government smaller. Government's not there to do everything. Right. They're not supposed to be all things to all people. I mean, right. the government is supposed to be limited. Agreed. And it's a reason, it's, it is a big reason that I'm a Republican and not a Democrat, is that right. Democrats, uh, a lot of times, their first reaction is to fix something with a government solution. Right. That a lot of times backfires. Mm-hmm. Those are the debates that when a Republican and a Democrat get together and putting those ideas out in the marketplace. Yeah. I'm okay with with having that debate, uh, yeah. Because I, I think there's a lot of things that that the private sector should be doing that the government is doing, mm-hmm. uh, and and when you have the government take on more and more control, they turn into a bully, yeah. And, and we've seen that with like the EPA is a perfect example of this. Um, they were just a real government bully for mm-hmm. for a number of years, for sure, under the Obama ad- administration, yeah. Um, you know, just knocking on doors of farmers and and ranchers, and as well as a lot of other industries as well, but. Mm-hmm. Read Rand Paul's book, uh, Government Bully, on the EPA, and it'll tell you everything you need to know about yeah. what happens when a government's out of control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's true. We need those ranchers and we need those farmers. And speaking of hardworking, passion and drive, the, they have that. Oh, yeah. It's, it, it's the, amazing. The, the best people that I've met around the state, yeah. to tell you the truth, are, yeah. are uh, you know, uh, those in the ag business. Yeah. Um, and I would. I would say FFA kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, you want to change the the country, right? Uh, you put we get every kid in FFA. Yeah, because uh, they're hardworking. Right. They have skills when they graduate. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the best kids that I meet in the state yeah. of Oklahoma are yeah. FFA kids. Wow, 
I'm, I, I mean, you know, my kids, we're in South Tulsa. Yeah. Uh, my kids are a jinx. And I, I've already told my sixth grader, because she's able to start selecting some of those elect, electives. I said, you're going to be an FFA. Nice. Uh, she's actually excited about it. But yeah, I mean, I, and I, you know, if I wouldn't have run for statewide office, I'm mm. not sure I would have had, the, I've had so many great experiences with FFA kids mm. uh, and, and, and people in the ag industry mm. that it's changed, it's changed my life. It really has right. in a lot of ways. Um, and it's going to change my kid's life because yeah. I'm going to make them be an FFA. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Because now it, it sounds logical to me. You get, I feel like people, just a lot of people get too emotionally tied to being super democratic or super Republican. Yeah. And if you change it, if you just think logically and put emotion aside, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, it, it does. And, you know, in Oklahoma, you, you have some mayor's races that are nonpartisan. Tul- right. The big cities now, Tulsa and Oklahoma City, are nonpartisan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, we're still in closed – I'm in a closed GOP primary right now. So yeah. it's only Republicans can vote for me, even though I know there would be a lot of, you know, conservative you – know, some independents and conservative Democrats that would, which mm-hmm. makes me a very – um, I, I think competitive general election candidate for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, listen, I ran the party. I helped Trump get elected. I think yeah. we're going to do well in a primary too. Yeah. But there is that in Oklahoma now that only if you're running as a Republican, only Republicans can vote for you. Right. Democrats allow independents to vote in their primaries. Right. Uh, so I do think independents are going to start making a bigger difference in yeah. races. I do because yeah. independents are ticking up. Yeah. Um, in the state of Oklahoma. Yeah. I was wondering about that, about the numbers of independents. Yeah, registered independents are going up. I mean, yeah. you know, it's people that are kind of upset with both parties. Right. Uh, you know, independents can't vote for Republicans, though, right now. So I tell people, mm-hmm. hey, register. If you like me, register as a Republican. Yeah. If you want to re-register after the primary, go for it. Yeah, uh, but, yeah. But, uh, you know, that that's certainly something that we're going around telling folks about yeah. as far as the, how we vote in Oklahoma, because it's fairly unique right. compared to other states. Right. My next, I guess, question and statement that i like that you had is a uh, make no small plans yes and i and i love it for me when i think about that i'm thinking big picture what's going to happen in the future and i think you've touched on that about your kids and, and their kids and the future generations yeah you know, I, I went to oral roberts university yeah and, and proud or you grad my wife and i both and their motto our motto is make no small plan no make no little plans here. yeah uh, and it's everywhere at ORU. Mm-hmm. You can't graduate ORU without thinking you're going to be a world changer. Right. It's just how we, we it's how we raise them and how we graduate them at ORU. Love it. And, and body, mind, spirit is also something very unique to ORU. Uh, and I loved that. Mm-hmm. I didn't love it so much when I was at ORU because I had to run, <laughs> you know, three miles and be graded on it almost every semester. Right. But man, I was healthy uh, spiritually and and physically, and, and uh, you know, how great is that? Yeah. Being able to graduate college in that kind of shape. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was also, I, I mean, I was on fire. I was, mm-hmm. I was like, hey, I'm going to go, you know, change the world. Yeah. And, yeah. and so that's always been a part of me. Uh, certainly wonderful leaders that I, that, that I heard from, as well as just guys that I went to college with that are, that are still some of my closest buddies yeah. today. But, you know, you live once, you know, that, yep. that's what I believe. And so why wouldn't you want to, you know, don't, don't, don't waste your time making small plans. Yeah. Uh, dream big, uh, make a plan, have a plan. To, yeah. you know, don't do something that's irresponsible, right. but <laughs> put a plan together and think big. Yeah. yeah. I, I certainly hope I'm teaching my kids that by, yeah. by running for Lieutenant Governor. I love the energy. And speaking of kids, you were also foster parents at yeah. a, a certain yeah. time, right? Yeah. So yeah, we're we're you know extremely passionate uh, about that issue as well. You know, mm-hmm. our church, we were life churchers. You know, Craig and Amy Groeschel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, really taught the life church that you know we've got to have good families stepping into the gap. Right. While while families restore themselves, we've got to have good foster care families step into the gap. You know, we have right. close to ten thousand kids in state custody in Oklahoma, which again is a, which is another crisis that we have wow. as a state. And so we got involved a few years ago, had a, had a couple babies through our house yeah. uh, over a, a number of years period. Uh, currently, we're not fostering. We will, after mm-hmm. this campaign is over, we'll be mm-hmm. getting back into it. Because once you do it, you know, I talk to foster parents about it all the time. Uh, you know, you're always going to be a part of the community. Yeah. I'm on a foster care initiative board, wow, uh, the 111 project that does amazing work in the state of Oklahoma. So I'm still very involved in the community, uh, but we'll be fostering again. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So as a lieutenant governor, are you, do you, I guess, dabble in everything that's going on in Oklahoma, issues, um, funding, et cetera? Yeah, you do. You're president of the state senate constitutionally. So you're going to help navigate legislation through the process for the governor. Mm -hmm. So 
I, what I tell people is think Pence is what Pence is to Trump. Okay. You okay. Know, Pence is the president of the United States Senate. As lieutenant governor in Oklahoma, would be president of the state Senate. So right. there is a big policy piece to this. Okay. You know, whoever the next governor is, is going to need a lieutenant to help navigate things through the, the legislative process for them. Mm-hmm. And then the lieutenant governor goes around the, the, the state and sells that. Yeah. I mean, that that's a big part of the job. I think it's something that's been lacking that we've got to do moving right. forward in the state. I don't know if we really needed it yeah. over, you know, over the last eight to 10 years, but in this economy and the, the big tough things that we're going to have to fix, you know, budget reform, tax reform, the, the governor's going to need a lieutenant governor to be yeah. more actively involved. Yeah. 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 But that's what I tell people. Just when you see Pence ducking into those U.S. Senate office buildings on yeah. TV, what do you think he's doing? In there? Yeah. He's doing the bidding of the president. Right. And, right. and that is the way that it should work in Oklahoma. Okay. So my next question with politics aside, how does Matt Pinnell contribute to society? Wow. You know, I, I would say, you know, outside of politics, you know, I always say that the greatest hope on earth is not your local politician, it's your local church. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that is I, more true every day. I like uh, it. Put yeah. it that way. Uh, and so I would say our church, you know, we, uh, we're at Redeemer Covenant Church in South Tulsa now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason we joined that church is, is because of the Sunday school class. So, yeah. you know, we've got four kids. We love big church. We wanted to find a Sunday school class with a bunch of moms and dads that were yeah. doing life, and it was messy. And you know, drop the, you know, drop the the, the smiles from time to time. Just be real. Yeah. Just be real. Yeah. And we found an awesome Sunday school class at Redeemer Covenant. Um. And I, I think that's how we're contributing right now, outside of you know, the, the political side right, would right. be certainly through our church. Yeah. You know, we're very involved and and. Uh, a community in Tulsa that's mm-hmm. uh, that needs help, mm-hmm. uh, and we're building a a, um, a facility in West uh, Tulsa mm-hmm. uh, to provide healthcare services and after school function, after school ability to you know tutoring mm-hmm. uh, that we really think is going to change the community. Yeah, uh, and we're really excited about that. Yeah, and I love that. And you use the phrase "being real." Yeah, I, I feel like people tend to not be real anymore. It's yeah. like a a glass where it's I've got to be politically correct, and if I get real with you, then you know I will offend you. Yeah, and you know, so it's like it's hard to communicate sometimes. Yeah, it is, and I again I see that a lot in politics. It's yeah. probably made me a little cynical, you know. Yeah. And, and I think it's why I try to be as blunt and honest as possible because mm-hmm. I think it's refreshing to some degree. I think it's what something Trump had. Yeah, you know whether you like him or not, he's doing exactly what he said he was going to do. Right. Right. And, and I don't know a whole lot of politicians that I can say that about. Yeah. That, you know, he's doing exactly what he said he was going to do on the campaign trail. He's yeah. doing it now as an elected official. Yeah. Is that why people are kind of shocked? Like, oh, my gosh, yeah, he's I, actually. Yeah. You know, and, and certainly I'd like him to stay off Twitter a little bit more. Than, yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm not saying that. But right. Uh, he was real. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, and, and people were tired of career politicians. Mm-hmm. They're tired of just the same empty platitudes and promises. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, you know, we're, we're trying to give voters something different. Yeah. Man, a lot of great people are from Tulsa. That's the other thing that's just been the, the thing that I've enjoyed the most is just meeting great people across the state. Yeah. I mean, I've got friends now in, in all 77 counties. Yeah. And uh, it, it's a special state. Yeah. You just got to do a better job of selling and promoting it. Right on, man. My next question is, it's this podcast is defining moments. And, you know, Matt, I don't know if you probably had many of them. As a politician, father, husband, et cetera, is there a defining moment or defining moments you would like to share with our listeners? You know, yeah, I would say one of the the defining moments of my life was being a camper, Mm. uh, summer camp kid at Shepherd's Fold Ranch. So Shepherd's Fold Ranch is a summer, it's a Christian summer camp in Avant, Oklahoma. A lot of people would have no idea where Avant, Oklahoma is. Uh, It's right outside of Skytook. Okay. Uh, it's small little town, um, and so just drive to Scott took people know it out there. But Ava, yeah, Avan, Oklahoma, called Shepherd's Fold Ranch. It was just this dear family that that had a heart to start a summer camp, and mm-hmm. they used to live in Tulsa, and they moved out and took all their moved all their kids, and it's uh, still there today. Uh, a great summer camp, and I, that was where I met some just great camp counselors, mm-hmm. you know, guys that I would looked up to, um, challenged me in my faith. Uh, and really got me through kind of middle school years, and then I became a counselor at Shepherd's Fold. Oh, wow. So, you know, I went from being a, a camper to then being a counselor and, and counseling kids, and if I didn't have that, who knows where I'd be today, but yeah. it was kind of a, uh, it helped direct me 
yeah. uh, in, in a lot of ways. But yeah, Shepherd's Fold Ranch, if, if there are parents listening to this and yeah. need to ship their kids off somewhere for summer, yeah. look up Shepherd's Fold Ranch. Yeah. And what, what else made that camp so just captivating? Yeah. You know, I met a lot of good friends there. Um, and again, I think mentors, mentors. I just, I met, I met some, some guys when, you know, when I was young, mm. I met some guys that I looked up to, Right. you know, they were just doing it the right way. Yeah. Uh, and that helped, you know, direct me through, you know, middle school years and high school years where, yeah. you know, guys and gals can get off track. Right. Right. It, it kept me centered. Yeah. I also want to bring up, uh, your wife is an entrepreneur yeah we haven't really talked about your wife yet we've got to give a shout out to your wife yes yes lisa pinnell yeah yeah so she's an inventor and and so that is the other big part of our story i mean we've been running a small business together now for four or five years yeah she invented the binksy baby shopping cart hammock so Mm. it's little hammocks that clip into shopping carts for babies that can't sit up yet if you go anywhere with shopping carts you'll see them yeah Uh, and and usually when i tell that part of the speech i'll i'll see a couple people in the audience you know nodding or smiling (laughs) we, you know, we have a shopping cart in our kitchen. We were tinkering around with this idea five, five, six years ago, uh, started, we've got a patent, started packaging these things up in our kitchen, kitchen to the, to the living room, living room to the garage. And now we ship our products all over the country and all over the world. We have a big warehouse in Bixby, uh, Oklahoma and a couple of employees and, and, uh, uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a great ride. That's so awesome. Far. Yeah. So now we have a number of baby products that we're developing yeah. in the product lineup. I'm actually working with the Oklahoma Manufacturing Alliance on one of them, which okay. is, which is fun to be working yeah. with an Oklahoma based company, yeah. uh, to produce it. And you said the warehouse is in Bixby? The warehouse is in Bixby. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So you're keeping it real in Oklahoma. Yeah, we are. Yeah. yeah. Shipping them all over the world. But yeah, right. they're they're uh, they're shipped out of Oklahoma and that's where all of our employees are. Yeah. So you guys know the true meaning of being entrepreneurs and it's not a walk in the park. No, guaranteed. it's not. It's a twenty four seven, three sixty five job. Yeah. yeah. I mean, particularly with, you know, on the retail side. You know, we we do most of our work on our website as well as Amazon. We sell heavily on Amazon. But yeah, I mean, you know, if you hire, if you're signing both sides of a check mm-hmm. and, and that company is on you, uh, to, then yeah, it, there's yeah. no off switch. I mean, there's no nine to five. I mean, people that are listening to this that, uh, that run a small business, right. it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Uh, for it to work, you're, you're, you're constantly working. Yes. Yeah. Of course we turn the phones off and, and, uh, and have fun. I'm not saying that, right. but, uh, but yeah, it, it's, um, we're on laptops quite a bit. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. You have to stay connected somehow. We do. Right? Yeah, that's right. And, and again, the lieutenant governor, small business advocate on the governor's cabinet. Right. I hope I hope voters would want someone that actually runs a small business every yeah. day to yeah. be the small business advocate on the governor's cabinet. Th- that's exactly right. Yeah. When you when you talk about that, it's let's say, for instance, President, President Trump, we're talking about a, a, an economy, the United States economy. And I won't get too deep or detailed into it. However, you want someone that understands Right. Business. Yeah, you do. Big business. You, you, you do. It, it, in, in Oklahoma, 90% of the companies in the state, over 90% are small businesses. Mm-hmm. And, and outside of Tulsa and Oklahoma City, it most, uh, you know, any smaller town. Right. Uh, you know, if you can get, if you can pick up a few small, you know, 10 people, 15 p- people kind of businesses, that starts creating the kind of tax base that you need. I mean, Broken mm-hmm. Arrow, Oklahoma is a perfect example. They're the fourth largest city in the state now. I mean, 20, wow. years ago, 20 years ago, Broken Arrow was not the fourth largest city in the state, right. but they just started hitting a bunch of singles and doubles. You know, that, that wow. was their goal. It, it wasn't to go after the, you know, the big shiny object. It, it was, let's hit a bunch of singles and doubles, and that's what they've done, and they've created quite the tax base because of it. Yeah, and we need the small businesses because it employs more people, and then you become familiar with it. That's right. And it's like, man, this is actually a good product. Yeah, I want big yeah. business too, no doubt about right. it. Right, yeah, yeah. We're going we're gonna to go make that pitch too. But, yeah, absolutely uh, right. We, we've got to foster entrepreneurship and small business growth. Yeah. I know where time is limited. And my last question is, how does Matt Pinnell want to be remembered? Oh, man. Great question. You know, well, I would say, you know, it, a good dad would, mm. would be right at the top of the list. Yeah. A good dad. I mean that's priority number one, Love you it, know, man. for 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 me right now. Uh, if I'm a good dad, that means I'm being a good father too. Yeah. You know, yeah. a good husband, excuse me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd say you know I've got four kids. That's my legacy. Mm-hmm. My legacy are my children, mm-hmm. and, and it's a big reason why I'm running for office too. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean Steve Largent 
you know, 17 years ago, kind of crisscrossed the state and said our greatest export is not wheat, oil, or gas. It's our kids. Yeah. And it's more true today than it was 17 years ago. Right. You know, our kids graduate from college, 40% of them leave and never come back. Right. Uh, And so this, for me, is personal. Mm. Uh, I want my kids to be proud of this state, grow up here, be able to find a job here. And I know we want that for our kids and grandkids, anybody yeah. listening to this and anybody in this state. Yeah. It's about that next generation. It yeah. shouldn't be just about the, the next election. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, good dad would be uh, would be all I need. I love it, man. That actually gives me chills because I was thinking, man, maybe he'll talk about being the president. But no, <laughs> you're talking about being a dad. Yeah. Once again, keeping it real. Yeah. And that's the way it is. Yeah. How do we, uh, we get in touch with you? Yeah, mattpinnell.com is the best place. Okay. Uh, P-I-N-N-E-L-L, double N-double L, mattpinnell.com. Okay. So mattpinnell, yep. one word, Yeah, all one word. Just go to our website. You can sign up for emails. Mm-hmm. And, and we are. We're in the final sprint here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, thank goodness. Yeah. Uh, we're in the final sprint, and, and we need people to get off high center in this race. And and we are. I mean, the the the, the feedback, the endorsements, uh you know, it has been overwhelming. Yeah. Uh, we, we know we have the momentum. We mm-hmm. want to keep that momentum going. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, go to our websites is, is really the, the, the best place to, if you want to know about more about me or get involved in our yeah. campaign, that's the best place to send them. You we're also it. on Facebook and, and Twitter. Yeah. Obviously where we connected. <laughs> Find me on Twitter as well. I do respond. Yeah, you <laughs> really do. And that's, what's awesome. And so is yeah. your campaign manager. I yeah. have his personal cell number now. So that's right. Yeah. So when you become the next lieutenant governor, we'd like to have you back on oh, as a victory I, I, uh, podcast. I look forward to it. Yeah. And I really do. Yeah. Thank you for, for what you do in your service as well. This, oh, this, I appreciate this, it. This matters. And, and no, I yeah. do. I look forward to coming back yeah. as lieutenant governor. Yeah. Well, my wife does a great job of everything. I just get to be the honored host. There you go. So, well, that's right. We married up. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time. Hey, thank you. All right. I truly hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you have a defining moment or moments you would like to share, please reach out to me. I would love to visit with you about it and share it with the world on a podcast. Here's how to find me. Visit my website, www.definingmomentspod.com. Follow me on Twitter at DefMomentsPod. That's at D-E-F Moments Pod. Search me on Facebook, Defining Moments Podcast. Follow me on Instagram at Defining Moments Podcast. That's all one word, at Defining Moments Podcast. Subscribe to Defining Moments Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoyed listening to this show, I would be extremely honored if you gave us a review. This helps boost this podcast so more people can find it. Go out and be a positive influence today, every day. Make someone smile. My name is Wong Lam, and I approve this podcast. <laughs>